He was searching for big box PC games at a local second-hand bookstore. What he found was 21 metal albums he had never heard before. This is Thrift Blast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Thrift Blast. I am your host, Daniel Terry, and I have got three more albums that I have never heard until recently. The first one is a band called Leviathan. It's kind of frustrating because the name of the album is not on the cover. The artist's name is on the cover. It just says Leviathan and has a picture of, uh, well, a house. Kind of a two-story deal, probably European. I mean, it looks creepy, I guess. It's it's grayscale. But it also could just be like the studio the dude recorded this in. I don't know if this is supposed to be creepy or not. It's maybe a little creepy, but like... There's nothing weird about it. Like, there's not, like, a fucking face in the window or anything like that. It's just a picture of an old house. So there you go. Less is more. But whenever you flip the CD to the side spine, you find out that this album is called Far Beyond the Light. And it was put out by a label called Cellar. And apparently it's the ninth release by that label. This is black metal, folks. A lot of black metal in this collection of albums that I got. And I got to tell you, I'm I'm not thrilled about that doesn't make me super happy because black metal in my opinion is somewhat one-dimensional and this record is no exception uh it sounds very dark it's very evil it's got a lot of dissonant riffs a lot of uh tremolo picking a lot of a lot of blast beat drumming a lot of gargled shrieked vocals and that's that's pretty much it there's like you know eight tracks or nine tracks or so i don't know i didn't fucking count but uh let's just put it this way if you're really into black metal, you're going to love this. But to be honest, this th- there's nothing new here. One thing I really like about black metal is reading the lyrics. It's kind of the most enjoyable aspect of it. And this band, well, I'd love to read some of the lyrics for you, but well, I can't because you open up the you open up the one-page booklet and there's a, another picture of like some stonework on the house on the cover. And in the top left corner it says in white lettering, "The Majestic Emptiness." And then there is nothing printed in there at all. It's just that picture. So there's no lyrics. So, you know, fuck you, Leviathan. Uh, thanks for removing any potential enjoyment I could have gotten out of this record. If you're into black metal, you're going to like this. There's nothing really great about it. It's not symphonic black metal. It's not really that intense. Uh, last week, I talked about a band called Cold Brand, which was like 10 times more intense black metal than this is. So I don't know. I don't know what Leviathan's trying to do here, but... Uh, it's very minimalistic, which I guess is the entire point. But uh, I just really couldn't get behind this one. I thought it was okay. I thought it was, you know, a black metal album. So I, I guess I thought right. Moving on, though, this is kind of the star of the collection for me, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm introducing it more towards the beginning of the series. But I was blown away by this one. So this band is called Deep, and their album is called The Reach of Envy. This was very unique because when I looked at the back of it. It's pretty obvious the band's from Texas. So I was like, oh shit, what's this going to be? And it says manufactured by Midwest Records. I'm like, oh God. And it's 1997, so I'm like, what fucking Pantera ripoff shit is this going to be? It turned out to not be that at all. Uh, so the Deep is considered widely as a death metal band, although widely is being very generous, as I don't think anybody's really heard of this band. They definitely were something that existed in the late 90s in Texas. And just looking at the way the CD's laid out... This is some serious bought this directly from the band kind of stuff. And uh, I really like the band's logo. It's kind of weird, too, because they're called Deep, but their logo is so cool that you almost wish that they were called something cooler than Deep. Musically, though, this is actually pretty well produced for a late 90s metal release. 
And what strikes me about it is that they've got extreme vocals, which is, you know, not that uncommon for late 90s metal. But musically, they're playing shit that reminds me of, like, In Flames and Dark Tranquility and even, like, newer bands like Shadows Fall. The riffing's actually really fucking good. And what's surprising to me is that it has a lot of these, like, melodic death metal or Gothenburg-type influences. But this is 1997. So this is, like, before people are ripping off of those bands. And it's largely kind of before Gothenburg-type metal was a thing. I mean, the beginnings were there. You know, uh, In Flames was kind of farting around at that time. And you you had bands kind of like that over across the ocean, but... What were these guys listening to in Houston, Texas in 1996, 1997 that would cause them to release something so modern sounding? The production definitely sounds like it came out around this year, but this is actually more high quality as far as the music goes than a lot of the bands that I would say that this sounds like. So I'm a little I'm a little perplexed as to like what this band's influences were or if it's just a, a, an example of parallel thinking. Which, if you don't know what parallel thinking is, that's kind of the idea behind uh, how kind of a worldwide movement will happen in isolated areas, and then suddenly, before you know it, everyone's doing it. Whereas a lot of the time, you know, you, you would see that in you know more like ancient historical stuff, where you know how mankind kind of figured out how to grow crops all at the same time in isolated places of the world, how, how we're all just kind of ingrained with a certain idea of how we're supposed to do things. So I, I do wonder if this is a rare example of that, where this band was doing what these Gothenburg bands were doing, but they're doing it over in fucking Texas, in Panteraville. So I, I, I found that really interesting, and I, I found this album to be actually pretty enjoyable because of how modern it sounded for a 1997 release. This is probably probably one of the best, if not the best, out of the entire collection, because I was not expecting it to sound like this, and I definitely went into it like negatively and then it it really it kind of won me over as it went uh it's a little weird though and you know i talked about this with joe whenever i bought the cd that i for some reason i couldn't rip it to my computer and that was because the way the disc is manufactured there's some kind of error or or something in the disc that doesn't really allow you to rip it completely and uh if joe were here he'd give you all kinds of information as to why that is but, uh, you know, maybe we'll cover that, you know, sometime in the future. But it's, it's, it's kind of a weird album in the sense that nobody's really heard of it. It doesn't, the band doesn't have a huge following. And the only other information I could find about the band online was that they existed in Houston, Texas, but in 1996 through, I guess, probably around 2002, 2003. And they released two other albums, which I'm going to try to get a hold of. If they sound anything like this, I'd be very interested to hear, you know, what else they got. Moving on to the third release, this one is not going to be as positive. This band is called Drog Song, and maybe that translates to, like, Dragon Song or something, and I'm probably wrong about that. I'm going to try to read the name of this album, and it's not going to be right at all. So, you know, bear with me. It's a Seal Pa Scoggins Hav. It's not even an album either. It's only like a three-track demo. And it was put out by Northern Silence out of Germany. I don't know what to do with this record. This is clearly a demo, and it sounds like it. The production quality is horrible. The cover is kind of badly drawn, too, because at first I thought it was kind of a cool artsy cover. 
But the more I looked at it, it's just like a kind of a shitty drawing of a boat. And there's like a zombie coming out of the water. It just looks fucking cartoony as shit. <laughs> like, I can't even describe it. You'll have to look at it for yourself. Uh, I believe that we have these all posted, the album covers posted with the episode. So definitely take a look at that and let me know what you think. Uh, this is not very artful to me. This just looks kind of dumb. Uh, the band's logo looks really cool. It's got uh, it's got kind of like dragons, which is why I think the Drog song, you know, has something to do with dragons or, or serpents or maybe sea serpents or something. But the music is very sparse. So there's like the first song has like kind of an atmospheric intro and then it cuts to like just some really disjointed black metal-y folksy sounding stuff with some asshole just growling over it i'm totally fine with that it's not that i have a problem with growling in metal obviously but this just sounds like a demo it's three songs and it's funny too because if you look at the liner notes it says so the first song is the name of the album and i'm not going to read all the song titles because they're like impossible for me to pronounce but it says, like, music and lyrics created in 1998, but recorded in 2003. Uh, the second song, music and lyrics, were created in 1998 and recorded in 2001. And then the third song says created and recorded in 2004. So they, I guess they just kind of farted that one out in the studio. There are lyrics for all of the songs, but none of them are in English, so I really couldn't tell you worth a shit what any of them are about. Uh, maybe one day I'll throw these on Google Translate and try to figure out what the fuck they're about. That's uh, going to be interesting because I have to figure out what language it is, and I'm not entirely certain what the, what language this is even in. I guess I guess my biggest issue with it is that it sounds bad. It's really quiet. The vocals aren't great. The clean vocals are fucking terrible. The drumming is just basically not even there, as far as I can tell. And I guess my question ultimately is. If this is all the music you had for years, why would you only record three songs and put it out? Like, I just, I don't understand that 100%. It, it kind of bugs me that this is all they had. And I feel like they could have been a good band because they have a lot of good ideas. But the music really doesn't evoke any kind of emotion in me. And I can't get over how dumb the fucking cover looks. And so this is just kind of like, oh, man, I don't even know if this was worth like the dollar or whatever I paid for it. And that concludes this episode of Thrift Blast. We have had a blast doing these episodes. If you guys have had a blast listening to them, let us know. Leave us a comment on our Facebook. If you're a Discography Discussion Patreon subscriber, you've already heard this. But for everybody else, please leave us a comment. Let us know what you think about these episodes. And we will see you guys next week on Thrift Blast.